Hey everybody, how's it going and welcome back to another episode of the GA and Gym podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn and I am the host for this here. So, um, today's episode is very topical. Obviously, um, if you're a Gaelic player and you're listening, the Gaelic pitches have been reopened. Life is getting back to some sort of normality and um, games are on the horizon, which is exciting. So, um, I teamed up with um, an SNC coach in Belfast by the name of Karma Cannon. Um, Cormac is a Gaelic player. He plays um, Antrim Senior League team. I, I think it's called Lamdurg. Might have fucked that up. He says it in the podcast anyway. But Cormac is um, an accredited SNC coach and um, has worked with a lot of teams. and is very smart and very intelligent. But I think it's just brilliant in that he plays football at a high level too. So you know, I think getting advice and. Um, guidance from from players too is brilliant too because you know it's relatable so i guess that was me and Cormac kind of hope for this podcast is that we could give some advice and some guidance for players and, and even management and coaches who are getting ready to go back wondering what way to structure what way to um plan the next sort of couple of weeks leading up to your game so this is what this podcast is all about we go over some speed work some fitness some warm-ups how you can structure a session for yourself and just a wee bit of consideration and strength work um so i really enjoyed this conversation enjoyed chatting to cormac a lot um say cormac's based up in belfast he's doing coaching up there and working with teams up there um and his instagram i think is just cormac hannon so um if you want to reach out to him there as well but um yeah i think it's gonna be a good podcast so i hope you enjoy and um yeah sit back and relax Get the fucking notebook out as well, because there's a lot to take down. Enjoy the GA and Jim podcast. Well. Carmack, how's it going? Not too bad, how are you, lad? Not too bad, how are you getting <clears throat> Good, just in from a nice coaching out in the rain there, so. Okay. <laughs> are you working um, with the Dominic Gaelic team or soccer team or? There's a soccer team I'm working up with, uh, St Mary's football team in Glengormley. So, um, have they just sort of started back then recently or what? Or what's what have you been doing? I so it's just outdoor sessions at the minute with them in the car park and that, but it's actually working out quite well because they're sort of at a generic level in terms of like where everyone is. It's sort of good to like come at them from like just the basics point of view. Yeah. So, like, everyone at the a good level just at the basic movements which is good so it actually works out pretty well just as long as the weather holds up uh, and have uh, you've been able to get in there a wee bit more stuff recently then like what have you been doing like have you been able to get back in there a bit of coaching in the past couple of weeks yeah um i think the past couple of weeks i've actually probably been doing well past maybe two weeks uh, in particular you know things have picked up uh, for yeah. me in terms of like a coaching perspective so uh, I sort of have my own, my own space there that I can train people out of which is good um, so yeah things have things have picked up in that regard which is good I suppose people are at the stage where they, they're looking to get that bit maybe extra done in terms yeah. of their gym work that they can't get at the minute uh, and then it's just to sort of have some of the sort of company their uh, pitch based stuff I think everyone has a bit of eagerness now as well at the minute, like to to get stuff done. You know, after you haven't been able to do it for a while, you're you're kind of eager to do it then. Like, I uh, that's it, yeah. I think there, I suppose it, it's a big sort of part. But when the gym's closed, it was sort of I, I was sort of the mindset, right? I have to get something sorted because yeah, and I, I knew it would have struggled if I hadn't had my own like sort of space to train and just get through things. I see you're doing a lot of Olympic lifting at the minute then as well. I well, I suppose it's more so out of enjoyment, actually, to be honest with you. Um, 
the Olympics sort of lifting side of things like like obviously you know coming from playing football like uh you sort of you get uh you know people maybe obsessing over the lifting and stuff as well which yeah to be honest i think everyone's sort of been through that phase where they think the olympic lifts are some sort of silver bullet and uh-huh. um, i would sort of beg to differ like um i think if you can do them great but i think you, you have to think as well your your, your training time is precious yeah. So you spend it wisely. So I think you get away. I think people maybe obsess over like all the crossover and the sprinting and stuff, which is, to be honest, I would question as well, like in terms of just how much it would crossover. But for me, I like the Olympic lifts just because they're fun. Um, yeah. I can do them to a reasonable enough level. So I've just I've thrown a lot of time sort of spent trying to get them right but even at that like i'm it also sort of would have started when i what how i got into it would have been studying for the UKSA accreditation yeah. so like you sort of had to look you needed to be able to lift to a reasonable enough level so you know um so that sort of would have sparked that interest for me and then you know even working alongside people like uh yeah. i'd be working with a boy from Dunoy, uh, andy sang uh-huh. he, he would keep me he keeps yeah. me right in terms of uh, programming and stuff, and he, he's good to sort of bounce ideas off in terms of, you know, uh, and I think he gets about 50 videos a week from me. <laughs> so, um, whenever you enjoy lifting, you know, Olympic lifting is just like a different side of things, you know, because it makes you think about it a wee bit more. I think, regardless yeah. of, you know, the benefits or the negatives, I think whenever you're into training, you just enjoy doing it, like, regardless of, regardless of all other stuff, just because it's something new in the gym to do, like. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, um, for me, I, I like to keep training, keep training fun. And I suppose once I started maybe doing them, like, there's something about them I just liked. Um, it was just, I just enjoyed the sort of the cognitive sort of side of it as well. You know, it, it makes you think that bit more than just your standard up, down, back squat. Um, yeah. I think, it, again, it, it sort of goes back uh would I use it in a team sort of context? Probably not. Um, just because the sheer... Yeah. If you've got 30, 30 people in a gym at once, you're going to have a whole range, as you know, like in terms of their abilities like and their restrictions. So yeah. you'd be, I, I, don't, I don't think it would be feasible in, in that regard, especially, you know, coming out of GAA background, I suppose a lot of the boys would maybe... In terms of in terms of like what they're actually used to, like they're sort of they, they get the basics right, which is good. Um, but to maybe push them into that next next level in terms of Olympic lifting for me, like y- your return on investment isn't necessarily going to be that high. So I don't really see the need to put people through it uh, for the time requirement that it's going to take for them to get it right. And that's if they get it right at all. I think like there's far more like. Like if you if you're doing time, like yeah, what's that sorry? There's better ways to spend your time, like isn't there? I think that you nailed it there. Like yeah, there's better ways to spend your time. So, what um what way is uh, Antrim football in going to be this year? What way is that all structured? Uh so it's it's a wee bit different this year. First time it's uh it's like a they're gonna go with like a Champions League sort of format. So I'm not exactly sure. I think it's three groups. 
I'm not, I'm not, I think it's three groups of three and a group of four. Uh, okay. You play each team twice. So it's decent, like, uh, and then there's going to be league at the yeah. end of, at the end of the championship, I think, uh, come October time. But I'm not too sure what way that's going to pan out with people in terms of, you um, might get, you might get the same turnout of boys. What's your club again? What's that, sorry? What's your club again? La, La Viarg. You would be kind of one of the, the better teams in Antrim, wouldn't you? Yeah, so I think last couple of years, well, we, we won it in uh, 2017. We uh-huh. would have won it, and I suppose the last couple of years we've been knocking on the door as well. Uh, last year in particular, we we would have been, we were, we were quite strong, you know, I think maybe just that wee bit of inexperience maybe didn't get us over the line, but I think we're definitely, we're, we're there, we're, we're there, thereabouts, which is good. Um, you know, I think we've evolved sort of from a team that's maybe sort of hoping for to not be able to beat the teams on on big days. You're sort of hoping you're sort of hoping that them teams have an off day. To now that I would say we're probably a team that would fancy ourselves against anybody. To be honest, I suppose as well. Like you never know with everything that's gone on the past couple of months, what way teams will be come the championship like will it be the same as every year will teams be the same or will will things have changed will will teams that maybe in years before maybe not had as much chance have a bit more chance you know is this all kind of even things out or is it just going to be the same it's, it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of months like definitely i think there could be there could be a few surprises um think of anything i suppose it maybe suits suits the underdog to go in and just yeah nothing to lose i think you get, there's always sort of teams. I think even if you look at the Derry Championship last year, uh, who was it? Was it Swatra in senior who had been beat? I think they're not every league or Banner was. So they they pushed on the yeah. like the semi final like, and it just show, it sort of shows you like on the day as it is, anybody can beat anybody. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think the initial stages. Say in a group stage format, it maybe takes away that sort of that sort of factor, the surprise factor, because yeah. you'd like to think the best team over the course of say four games, whatever it is, yeah. is going to come out either first or second. So your top two teams are maybe going to come out anyway. So there's maybe not going to be that room for the shock. But it's not. I I I like the format of it. I think more games of it, more games is good. Especially yeah, you know, it'd be a bit harsh for a team maybe if they're coming out. And maybe play one game, and then they're beat, and then and then that's that's a year effectively over. I don't really think that's a fair reflection. Uh, so I, I think, think the, the group stages like didn't they? Ah, yeah, I think they went about it the right way, like hundred yeah. percent. And then, um, what's your thoughts then? So, like, I'm guessing that you're starting around the first weekend of August. We're we're first weekend of August. Our games are. I think, I think we're on the thirty first of July. It's around. It's around. Around that. Same that time. Date anyway. So, so it's, what, a, it's a tight turnaround, I suppose. Too like. Uh, think about it. Like now, you've got six weeks. Six weeks to go time now. It is pretty much six weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Five, six weeks. So, what's your kind of um, what's your kind of main? If you're thinking like the the kind of fears or concerns for players between now and starting games, like you know, what do you think? might happen or what do you think is maybe the things for players to watch out for? I think the main thing 
people need to be cautious of, I think anyway, is that I would start, it's, it's a tough one, to be honest, because for me, you would want to start people small. Like ideally, in an ideal world, you would want to be having people maybe eased back into things, mm-hmm. but appreciating the time constraints, you know, people are going to maybe try and push things a bit too hard. So you sort of, I think you have, you have to be careful. If, if, if basically, I think come the, come the end of the week here, I think we're, teams are allowed to start, well, I don't know much teams who haven't been doing right. some sort of training in, in like small groups and that. Um, but I think come the end of the week here, I think it's larger collective sessions, obviously still really social distancing and all that. Yeah. But like, I think the danger is people jump in and, you know, you go with that maybe old school pre-season approach where you run people into the ground. I think yeah. you're going to break people very, very quickly. I think the way you sort of have to look at it is you're probably going to have players who have done, they haven't done enough. You're probably going to have players who have maybe done a bit and then you're going to have players who have done way too much. Yeah. So I think your training is going to need to be pitched at a level that's not going to break the players that have done nothing and is going to give the players who have done too much a chance to recover and, you know, maybe tailor training back a bit, I think. Yeah, I think that, because um, I was thinking about this just for my own training and then just for the ones that are down, um, you know, in the team and chatting with the management and stuff about, you know, like the kind of training over the next couple of weeks and months ahead. And although yeah. it's not a long time, it is a good bit of time too. You know, it's six weeks and I think, like you were saying, people and managers will have the rush of going, there's only like six weeks, you know, we have to fucking get a lot of work done. But if you break down the six weeks, you know, and like if you start your your training or you're running at a at a normal level that you would expect most yeah. of the lads to come back and be able to do and understand that on like week one here, the, some of these lads might find this okay and it might not be killer, but as we progress each week, you know, if we add on meters and meters each week, by week six, we should be at the point we want to be at. But I think it's like you said, like first week, everyone will go out and go here. We need to be in week one where we want to be in week six to so do like week six session, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's trying to have the mindset, I suppose, of going, let's start easy and understand that that's not a bad thing. And just let's gradually build it up from there. Yeah. And I think even, even, even you saying that as well, like, Albeit it's six it's six weeks to your first game. Yes, everyone wants to get off to a good start and that. But like, you, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of like, within six weeks you can get to a pretty yeah. Like you'd like to think, say say even you take two weeks to sort of let people find their feet and you know just gradually easing things in. Like, I think the obsession with sort of fitness, like you're gonna get a huge like window of opportunity there for fitness in terms of like especially them first them first like couple of sessions that are maybe going to have obviously you know people being distant and no contact and stuff like that mm-hmm. that gives you an opportunity to sort of solely focus on fitness and then maybe like your ball work and stuff in between but if that's it because there's no there's no room for maybe the small side of games and stuff it gives you an opportunity to maybe push it that like to, to get people they accumulate that sort of volume and get the get the get yeah. the mouths into the legs as well. Like, um, but even even at that, like, I suppose I think you only really need to look at the Bundesliga. Like, yeah. 
like they're they're professional athletes have the best doctors physios support teams that you get that you could want and their injuries spiked from like so beforehand it was like 0.27 injuries a game and then it's up to like post lockdown like you're saying like nearly like 0.8 or 0.9 or something like injuries per game so injuries are going to happen but yeah. i suppose not to be like negative or anything about it like but if you think it's all well and good a professional footballer going out and maybe hurt himself sick God forbid he hurts his hurts his knee, does his ACL or something. But like, if within within Gaelic, especially at club level, like you know, people have day jobs and yeah. you know, like he you're sort of dancing with the devil there a bit as well. But at the same time, you can't really wrap wrap people in cotton wool either. Like the games yeah. have to come back at some stage. So I think I think that's where you have to kind of have that you know idea that week one we you have to have. Like what? What I was kind of whenever I was writing that program thing was like week six. Where's my end goal? And like where do I want to be? So, you know, just say for yeah. example, like I want to be the team doing four thousand to five thousand meters of of running in that week six, and then when yeah. we go into the game, we should be somewhere where we need to be. And if we're doing pitch stuff, we should be we should be somewhere close to where we want to be. And then it's just trying to like work back from that point. But you know, you can only work back so far before. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't go back to like zero meters. You know, you you have to start yeah. with it, whether it be two thousand meters or three thousand, so that you can appropriately build. So, you do kind of have to be, I guess, as a as players and managers, you have to have the hope that certain players have done enough so that they will at least be able to start at that like baseline level of whatever yeah. it be. You know, because you if you start too low, then you're you're just not physically be able to build to it. So I suppose. Kind of maybe it's contradictory. What I'm saying like a low you start easy. It's trying to start from like a, a normative kind of line or or some, somewhere that makes sense that you can build to that week six point. You know, rather than yeah. start really really hard or really 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 easy. You know, it's yeah. I, I think I, I think I think what you said there is like a hundred percent. Like you sort of have to get it to at the point each week. You're maybe going to be testing the boundary that bit more. Because as you say, like if you start too low, then by the time week six comes, you're not ready for you're not ready for that that pace. You're not ready for you haven't you haven't done the work basically. Yeah. So it's about getting it to that sort of sweet spot where you're building things up gradually, but obviously, you know you're you're pulling back the reins slightly too. Like yeah. Another thing too, which I like, I think anyone that's kind of in strength condition always like you get annoyed about this is um you know the kind of thought of like here we'll only start doing like speed stuff you know like two two weeks out you know just be like sharp enough you know and you're trying to get people the idea that you know do that do that shit at the start and gradually build it as well like i think you know managers will again probably go here now we'll leave that the last two weeks and then we'll be flying but that is i think you know, in terms of talking about injury prevention, that is mm-hmm. so important as well. Like getting those high speed meters and doing the sprints between week one and week six and trying to build it too. Yeah, I think what I think you're hundred percent. Like if you think if you leave all that so nobody sprinted fast, say for four weeks, so with no with no like exposure to high speed running whatsoever. So then I'd say you could have a a couple of uh, physio's been very busy come week four when you when boys get thrown in at the deep end and start sprinting. Again, I suppose like Alan, that's you want to start small in the same way like with your running volume you talked about. Like mm-hmm. 
say even in, if the first couple of weeks is like, I don't know, like, like one one suggestion I had was like, so if you if we have boys like say a standard speed session like, and I think, well I'll I'll say I'll mention this first. So like say your standard speed session on week one mm-hmm. starts at like three ten meters, two twenty meters, and then one thirty meter, mm-hmm. and then just gradually building that up. But I think to sort of to sort of sidetrack it slightly, like I think we can get obsessed at the same time with like techniques and. And all, and, and all that comes with that, which is great as well. Like, you know, obviously, if it, you're looking to improve people, you're looking to improve athleticism, you want to be thinking, right, how can I make this person faster? But, like, obviously, for teams that are maybe under-resourced in terms of they might have, say, the skill set to, to see how, how they could improve someone's run. And I think even just sprinting alone, like, regardless what way you sprint, in my opinion, if you're sprinting, you're going you're gonna to get faster. Definitely. So I think the act of actually sprinting, I suppose it's different from say like if you're in the gym and you're you're squatting with the wrong technique or something that like maybe yeah. some like some of the gods obviously totally different. But I think if you're gonna sprint that way anyway, when it comes down to a game, then you may as well practice like Aye. sprinting. You know what I mean? I think like, there's no reason why people shouldn't be doing speed work from week one as well. Like. I would I would probably hazard a guess here, and this is because it's the same for me and other coaches. I would say the success rate that you know you haven't actually fully changed in somebody's sprint technique in a short space of time is virtually nil. You know, you have yeah, to for so long, like one or two sessions, and that's if that's all you're going to do, it's a fucking waste of time. Like. Yeah, trying to change up the lifetime with you know to with a couple of sessions like it's just not going to happen. Like, yeah, especially at senior level, like you could do all the ice skips you want, all yeah. the wall drives you want, I suppose as well. But I think even to the extent you might get them slightly better come like in a closed sort of environment. But see when it comes down to it, when when they're both going for a ball, they're going to go for the ball the way they've always wanted for it. Like they're not not going to go fuck. Am I driving my knee forward here or? or yeah. Yeah, they're not like, do you know what I mean? They're they're gonna go for the ball away. They they've always went for it. So let's um let's kind of break down and you know say if we're say we'll try and do it for both here. So um, yeah. basis of say a player going down to the pitch himself, going to down to do a session, and then mm-hmm. say the manager is listening, so he's he's going to do um you know a team session this week with the lads. Let's maybe like try and break down, say a warm up. We we said this um, earlier when we were chatting, like a warm up, um, speed work, fitness, and then maybe any other kind of considerations, and maybe how do you progress that as well? Yeah, um, I think I think maybe the best way to do this, uh, like, do we do, do we want to take a section, like say I I go first on the warm up, and then Adam, you want to add or or debate or yeah, and then go for that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, so for the warm up. I think your warm up, uh, I think, becomes a lot more crucial, um, and that would be for the reason we've sort of discussed. You know, maybe boys haven't been doing, you know, their higher speed running stuff, and the, obviously there there hasn't been like room for gym work around them either. So for me, I think your race phase becomes a lot more important mm-hmm. in terms of like we would want to be getting you would want to be getting people. 
like obviously going through like their usual stuff. So the A skips, yeah, we'll go, we'll do our A skips, we'll do our scissors, we'll do our B skips. But I think you need to get people to think a lot more about what they're doing, you know, so that they're not just going through the motions. Like when we're doing our A skips, we're emphasizing sort of that stiff ankle contact. Uh, when we're doing the B skips, we're emphasizing that sort of whip round of the leg, you know, put the hamstring under a bit of pressure there as well. Even with the scissors too, like you'd be wanting to make sure, like, like just simple things to even prepare your hamstring, stuff yep. like that. Um, then I suppose your activate phase, well, everyone's doing, from my perspective, I think that's pretty straightforward in terms like you would be doing the same exercises, but again, sort of just emphasizing that the actual point of what you're doing, you know, you're not just going through the motions, doing your squats, you know, like maybe thinking a bit more just about what you're doing and being that bit more clued in, especially with the amount of time that people have been away. I think it gives you, it sort of puts a bit more emphasis on the warm up to be right. Mm -hmm. Just for that injury prevention, sort of that injury prevention, say if you like, like stimulus. Um, I think then even as well as that, like, because again, because we've been out of the games for that long, like if we have a, an emphasis in particular on like jumping and landing mechanics, just so that we're, you know, really up to speed there in terms like, like would we want them to work on like single leg landings, you know, but even jumps in general, just so that we get that stimulus and see just how we get on with that. Yeah. And then mobilize, I suppose things would stay pretty similar again, but <laughs> just to emphasize, you know, the key areas we want to be targeting. So in looking at the hips, you know, making sure we're getting some sort of activation through the hamstrings, single leg RDLs, and prepping in through the ankles and stuff, just making sure we're feeling good before we then go in, say, our potentiate phase. So in there, I suppose you could be looking at things again, like, I suppose that could look like anything in terms of maybe what you're trying to get out of the session. So say, say we're maybe working on acceleration. So at the end of your warm up, maybe throwing in some sort of power steps, some sort of bounding movement. Uh, if we're looking at uh, like your higher end top speed stuff, you know, looking at say for example, like your pogo stuff like that, like the, just sort of trying to get the game stiffness in through the ankle. So as we emphasize that, right when we hit the ground, get straight back up and off it as quick as we can. Um, I suppose a good template for anyone that would be like maybe struggling for a warm-up, and even even teams in general, one that I would use would be the GAA Activate warm-up. Uh -huh. I think it's, like, if, if you're in doubt about how to structure the warm-up, I think it just ticks all the boxes. You know, in terms of even the structure, I like the way the structure, sort of in the way out, you're doing something like, active you're like you're do, you're going through a movement it'd be that like a run be that a hop or they even like a jump on a stick at the cone and then on the way back you sort of have like either an activation exercise or a mobilization sort of exercise as well i like the way it's structured personally i think it's good as well in that you can space people out a bit further in terms of like well not space them out but like you could have 30 people and get them really organized and going through a warm-up that way yeah all right so you're kind of like your warm-up shoe would be a name off like a kind of ramp style so you'd be starting off with um kind of like some sort of sprint mechanics so like a, a skip b skip um scissors something along that there for a couple of minutes and then you'd be going into then um like kind of like a squat or lunges those kind of movements then for a couple of minutes 
and then yeah. into some sort of mobility, um, whether that be like fucking leg swings or, or stretching, something like that, and then finishing yeah. with um, something wee bit higher end. So you're going into like pogos, jumps, maybe more like plyometric based kind of. Yeah, definitely. And I think and how long roughly would you be kind of allocating for that? Like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? I think I think you have a sweet spot there of about 10, 15 minutes personally. Yeah. Like, but I think like for your warm up as well, like you don't I don't think you should be complicating stuff. I think you keep keep stuff basics and just focus focus on the basics and like I, I find you'll not go too far wrong. Like yeah, I think that ramp template's very good, especially as well if um you know if you're not sure about what way to structure a warm up, even whether that be for yourself. Like I think that warm up you said there is brilliant for a player going down himself. You know, keeps it very simple. You know, you have a good structure to follow. Um, and then I think for the team as well, it's it's brilliant. The one thing which I think uh, is always great to add in, but it'll be difficult now is. I always think getting some sort of like game or or something to get people thinking in the warm up, you know, whether it be like um, I remember one that we always do, which is like a wee bit of agility work too, called like fucking sheepdog. So like you put the back, yeah. you know, something to get people thinking. But I think it helps too. You see, whenever lads start having a bit of crack and laughing, you know, it helps yeah. them kind of settle into actually doing the warm up rather than coming down and then like you know fucking draining on. You know, it keeps them kind of going too. So I think when you can implement we like games and things to get people thinking too that definitely um that definitely makes a warm-up even better like i think that's how you can really add to like the wee ramp section isn't it yeah i, I would agree with that i suppose the end goal of your warm-up is you want sort of boys right as soon as this is done you want them bouncing into the next drill like you, you like that's mm-hmm. i think it sets the tone for the rest of your session like yeah see see just on on warm-ups as well like I see, I see the way, like, uh, I've seen teams that sort of incorporate that that same sort of warm-up style, but they would incorporate that with a ball. Like, I know Kerry, when they're warming up, like, they sort of incorporate, like, ball drills, but then, obviously, a whistle will blow, and then they'll go straight into something yeah. different. That's actually a warm-up style I'd, I'd be interested to try out and see, like, how, how players would respond to it, like, I think I think it's good because there's a lot of movement and you know people are getting a feel for the ball pretty early, which is good. Yeah. What would your what do you what do you think about that sort of one more thing? Uh, I suppose like you could you could really use that as the race section, couldn't you? You know, like well, you yeah. some we like ball drills for the start of it. Then maybe as you say, you break into doing like you know your activation. Even that you know if you could get the potentiation towards the end with some ball drills, you know, when you're adding maybe some accelerations or change of directions. You know, something like that yeah. could be a bit better as well. But I suppose the more you can get the ball in the hands, the better. Like I think the longer you don't, the players become disengaged, like don't they? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So I to sum up warm ups, then we're saying get a sort of pulse raiser, whether that be with the ball, doing maybe like a bit of passing, whether it be like in a wee small grid, something like that. Obviously, we may not be able to do that now, or else um, maybe incorporate some sort of sprint mechanics, A skips, B skips, um, something along those lines. Then we're into some sort of activation. So that could be anything really from your, your squats, your lunges, um, maybe like Copenhagen, something like that as well. Would you put them in there? Yeah, actually, now, now that you mentioned that, that sort of reminded me of something I wanted to touch on. Like, I think if you, like if we, if you have like a standardized, even robustness circuit, if you want yeah. to call it, yeah. 
like, I think I prefer the term like robustness to injury prevention, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, if you think about all the sort of things you'd be wanting to see in that, so for me, you want to get like a fine balance between strengthening exercises and mobilizing as well. And I think yeah. some of the stuff you even touched upon there, like like Copenhagen's class, then if you like even some sort of like glute bridge pattern, uh, even some sort of squat pattern, and then RDLs, I suppose all the basics, and then. Now I don't I don't really know how effective they are. To be honest, I think research sort of I don't, I don't really know if there is much research out there on the effectiveness of, yeah. on how effective like mini band stuff is. But like, see, to be honest, like from my perspective, I think players like it. I think you know they do like doing the mini band stuff yeah. sort of before the games. So if they're gonna do that and it's a bit of what they want, I think you have to you have to give people that as well. Yeah, I think I think things like that get a lot of shit, just because yeah. of them, like activation, you know. But again, it's like it's like foam roll and stuff. Like I'm not personally the I don't think it's the be all end all. But you know, if somebody is mm-hmm. lying down the foam roller and they're feeling it's a benefit, I'm not going to go over and be like, here, that shit, you're wasting your time. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. So I, I think it does get the point that like you I suppose knowing what the players like. So if they like doing a mini band work, you maybe allocate it. Um, you know, and the robustness stuff too, if they like doing it, whether it be different wee squat challenges, you know, some of it may not be, you don't even know if a lot of it is effective, but maybe some of the players enjoy it. You can make a wee challenge out of it, whether it be doing isometric holds or something, you know, seeing who can kind of hold the longest in certain positions, you know, wee things like that could probably be another way to, to add some things into the warm up too. Yeah, I think, I think you can get very bogged down. People can get bogged down maybe on like, the science behind things and, and question it that way. But I think if they consider the psychological sort of effect of stuff like that, like see if players feel like something works for them and they feel like it's going to help improve their performance and there's that sort of psychological aspect to it, then I think I think it nearly overrides the science, obviously to an extent, like, but yeah, like, as long as it's not something completely mad, like, but right. I think... This is, this is going off on a tangent here, but, like, you'll... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, DC within like S and C, like you know, you'll get some people that, that just will just write the life out of research and will not do anything else outside of research, you yeah. know. And it, it, it becomes frustrating at times, like the kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the um, the single mindedness. I don't know if that's the best term, you know. Yeah. That just, if it's not in the research, it's a waste of time. And like you were saying, like a lot of times, psychology trumps the the, the research a lot of times. Well, it be for things, but um, sometimes I get I get frustrated a lot of times with, you know, maybe people not understand the balance between research and um, psychology. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it's like, I think as an industry as well, where everyone's sort of out to criticize other people, like um, arrogance. It's, it's it's wild to be honest, but you know, it's probably the same in every every sort of industry, like, but. I think because you're in it, you, you, you feel it more like, but there seems like there's a lot of arrogance within it. Like, I was definitely, I think, are sort of few and far between, sort of, well, not few and far between. There's definitely a lot of good people here out there and willing to help in terms of SNC, yeah. like, but at the same time, I think there's an overwhelming yeah. majority of people here just out to, I don't, I don't even know, like, they're, just, they're where they're that way. All right. Um, anyway, uh, so then into yeah. speed work. So 
I suppose the way I've kind of always liked to do warm-ups is like I would leave my warm-ups right into doing the speed work usually because like you know you don't have a ton of time to do this so it's just I would nearly count my speed work in my warm-up at the end of it um so I would be keeping it really simple um can I always keep it mm-hmm. simple with it so I would say within the first couple of weeks so maybe those first one to three weeks four weeks would be working in distances from 10 meters maybe up to 30 meters um and all just kind of acceleration based so probably do it very progressive so maybe start off like we were saying earlier doing 310s uh 215s 120 four tens the next week three fifteens two twenties and then maybe extend it out to 25 meters the week after then maybe 30 um and then as we get maybe to like week five week six start hitting more like maximum velocity so maybe 40 meters or doing like flying tens or something so i think i would start off with a block of just straight accelerations anywhere from 10 meters to 20 meters in the first couple of weeks and extend it out as each week goes on um and then maybe try and add in after that some sort of either change of direction or agility so like one of the things i would like to do is maybe add in like a you know an agility game like some sort of reaction based one whether it be um you know running on them and having to make a cut or having to make a decision there and then or being in a grid like that one was saying where you're chasing you something that's that's getting them thinking but working a wee bit of agility and a wee bit of change of direction um and i would probably leave it there and then you bleed right into the session and the lads are, are really sort of amped up for actually getting into the first ball drill or, or games now or whatever it is. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, listen, that's literally actually something I prescribed quite recently. The the speed side of things that I'd 100% agree with you. Um, the, only, the only difference I would have had I would have, like you said, 15s. I just didn't have 15s just because I went straight to 20. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's something I could I could think about as well. Um, for me, I think again, see as long as it starts small. Like, like if you if you go say right, you've got ten twenty meter tw- ten twenty thirty, and we go from three reps of ten to uh, twenty one of thirty. Then each week, just try and progress it. Obviously, you're not going to progress your tens or anything like that because you'd be there all night. Yeah. But I think even like as I sort of said, even like that window. At the minute, where there's no ball comp, like there's no like contact of players and stuff, it gives you a real good window there to, to work at your speed work, like doesn't it? Because really you, you got to like, fill the set. Really and does. Think, Do you know I one thing that that's that's wild important, and I think it's 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 forgotten about, and for good reason is um people like approach it with the idea like if you say here we're doing three ten meters, fifteen meters. You could say it to somebody and give it to them and they'd be done in like 30 seconds, you know, because it's just, like, yeah. you know, understanding that each of those sprints and it's hard to, to get to get it through to people. And, and that's easy to understand. But like each of those runs has to be at your maximum intensity or else you're not sprinting. So you're just kind of wasting your time at that distance. And in order to do that, you're going to require a wee bit of rest in between and trying to. I suppose, you know, if you're doing a 20 meter sprint and maybe you're wanting to take one minute, two minutes rest, you know, trying to fill that gap with something. That's what I've been thinking about recently. You know, could you fill that with like, you know, could you fill it with like a shooting drill, something low intensity or just a kick pass and to keep people active? Because I think that's one thing to speed is that boys will just bang through those and half of them will be jogging. So it just turns into like 20 meter jogs, 10 meter jogs. 
So trying to some find, find a way to like fill the rest time and then be maximum intensity on the runs. I think it's definitely like even I'd say it probably is like just I wouldn't say it's a GAA thing. I think it's sort of the nature like them sort of sports like even football, rugby, Gaelic. Yeah. Everyone's like everyone thinks like if you're not completely wrecked coming out of something, you haven't done. Yeah. You haven't like you haven't worked like and sometimes you know you can get like when you're coaching speed, you can sometimes get them sort of faces looking back at you like I feel like I go like a go, but yeah. you, it's it's getting people to learn that you know speed is like freshness is so critical. Yeah. So I suppose that it's about getting a tang filler in there. Like the way I I would do it, like say you do your ten meters and then say take what 90, 90 seconds, two minutes rest. Like in that window there, like if you're if you're paired up with somebody. And you both have a ball, or or sorry, you have a ball ball between the two. Is like the amount of players probably at club level that couldn't kick a ball with both feet. I'd say there there yeah. there'd be more. Like, majority of club players could not do that thing. Like, yeah, myself probably included. You know what I mean? Like yeah, to do like just to even work on basic skills that sometimes get overlooked. Like even even like in regards to like shooting, like sort of mastering even shooting and around that scoring zone. But yeah. I think. I think it's important that that activity is kept low key enough and that it actually is an act of recovery so that yeah. you're not going to even tax them sort of that bit more before they go into their next sprint. But I think, as you mentioned, like something like that, like even, even that's a perfect opportunity to work, right? Kicking with both feet. Like, yeah, it is. Like, I suppose, I suppose trying to just understand, like you just try not to fly through that stuff at the start, take your time, allocate, whether it be 10 or 10 or 15 minutes for that for your session but you know you, I think that's the thing you keep it simple and try and keep people engaged and I was just thinking there when we were chatting you about because that's one of the things I'm sure you'll see it too is like you'll get maybe one or like no you'll get a good percentage of boys will give it 100% in the sprints and you'll get a few other boys will like kind of jog or you'll get boys that'll jog for five meters or run for five meters and then jog the end of it you know trying to get away to engage people so like you know, I think one simple one is either trying to like say to people here, this is going to be a race, we're going to see who wins, or else doing like chases, you know, so like say I start here and you start maybe five meters in front of me. And I think that's what important is trying to get people actually sprinting, you know, and trying to figure out ways of, of doing that, whether that be, you know, having a goal of trying to catch someone or get away from someone like. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you like 100%. I think that's where you do need to appreciate the science and maybe sometimes it gets overlooked where whereby we either don't rest enough or we don't sprint hard enough to get a stimulus. I think it's very much sort of about for speed work anyway, in my opinion, about really, really hammering them things home because if you're not recovered enough, you're not going to sprint fast enough. And if you're not sprinting hard, you're wasting your time. Yeah. As you said. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think to sum up sprinting, keep it simple. Ten to meters, and um, give yourself plenty of rest time. Gradually build it up each week. Like, would you say start? Like, would you have a a distance in mind? You know, per session, like, you know, a, no more than a hundred meters per session, or anything like that. Or would you? How would you kind of? How would you recommend the coach allocate distance for sprinting? You know, in the weeks. 
From my perspective, I think you definitely, as we sort of said, like you, you have to keep that real, real low at the start. So like say, say that first that first week. So you could three tens. There's thirty meters. Two twenties is forty is seventy. So yeah, your first week you've got a hundred meters basically. Yeah. And then yeah. if you think about it, then it, well, if we're gonna if we're gonna follow my my thing anyway, we're sort of gradually building that up each week. So you've got your three tens, which are a staple. Then you move to three twenties. So what's that? That's ninety. And then you've got two two thirty meters. So that's ninety. 60 is 150 you're testing me here so <laughs> each week if you sort of look at maybe increasing that number you know by reasonable enough say say be that like a 50 meters each week uh-huh. yeah yeah i think anyway what, what, what would your thoughts be yeah i think so um i think like a simple way i suppose of doing it like you said is if you have two or three sessions in a week you know if you write out in paper how many you're doing week one it's maybe just adding on a set for two or three weeks until yeah. the point where it becomes, you know, if you're doing like 10 sets of 10 meters, it's probably at that point going, right, these are probably too many of these. So, you know, you build up maybe for three or four weeks and then you maybe look at, maybe we build out the distance a bit more. Maybe we add in like, you know, some 30 meters, some 40 meter runs. Um, mm. So I, I would, I would agree with you there. And I think, like we're saying, keep it simple, you know, for coaches that are writing it down on a piece of paper, it's just maybe add on one more set each week to like each one of those runs or maybe add on a wee bit more distance. Like, Definitely. And I think, again, I, I, I suppose to, to summarize, like our thoughts on that should be regressed, like, like slowly, like, like yeah. take things slow. Like in the same way we're sort of starting at a reasonable enough base so that, I think you have to appeal to the masses in terms of, yes, you might have boys there who are capable of doing more, but they're probably going to be outweighed by, you know, let, let's be serious, it's, it's, it's club football, like, so yeah. not everyone is, you know, at that maybe level that some of them boys would be at. Yeah. So I think you have to appeal to the lesser players as well, otherwise you're going to lose them. Not the lesser, and like maybe players who just don't have that same like level of fitness. Yeah. athleticism I think you have to appeal to them because the risk is if you throw them in at that higher end then you could break them yeah no I agree I agree um, I suppose just to touch on it lightly why would we not want to go first week doing 60 meter runs 50 meter runs you know why why would we not do them at max velocity like week one or week two would you say i think main reason is for anyone i suppose like even from my own perspective like throwing in the speed work like i, I it's only sort of been recently even despite like being an snc like probably the last year or so where i would have done like dedicated like speed training i think I think anyone who's done a good sprinting session, the next day will know all about it. Yeah. In yeah. terms of you're gonna feel it. But you wanna you wanna keep that again, that sweet spot where it's not that they can't walk the next day or God forbid their hamstring goes. Do you know what I mean? So it's about again pushing that boundary so that you're getting you're pushing that stimulus each week so that you're increasing the stimulus so that 
you know, you're getting people basically an exposure and a base level that they can accumulate before they then go into them higher end sort of higher end runs. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think people understanding that like sprinting is like you're saying so demanding. I, I think mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember on the seminar I was watching during lockdown. I think every fucking coach watched about two million Zoom sessions, but um, I think it can be five to seven times body weight in elite athletes. You know, when you're sprinting, you absorb, which you'll never get squatting or anything. So, like, the demands that you're putting on your body to do that is so high. It's like getting a group of lads and going into the gym first lift and going, here's you're going to do multiple sets with your max rep in the squats. Like, they might be okay, like they might get through it, but chances are, you know, you're going to have a few of them who are going to be a wee bit fucked up. Like, and if you do that every yeah. day, you're definitely going to get fucked up. So, um, I suppose understanding that those real longer runs are going to be so demanding that you, you really have to build up to it. And probably as well, we're never going to be doing that in the football pitch. Like, you're never going to be full sprinting for 50, 60 meters. 100%. 100%. I think it's getting people to realize that as well. That yeah. you're sort of, your 30 meters, arguably 40, is probably the most you're going to do. Like. I was um, looking today, I'm doing a assignment and um, it's on groin injuries, but I'm doing it on the basis of soccer. And I was just looking at the game demands of soccer and the average in elite soccer of, of sprinting is two to four seconds. You know, like yeah. of all out sprinting. Now, this is only one paper, obviously, but two, two to four seconds. So it's because obviously, like the game is there's so many players, the game's tight that you're going to be making a cut or the ball's going to come to your feet. So the chances of us having a, an all out sprint for much longer than ten seconds probably isn't going to happen. Like, yeah, definitely. I think so. You, as you say, there, two to four seconds. I think your absolute max there is probably. 35 meters and that's for someone who's much faster than me then. yeah <laughs> yeah um cool so then getting on to uh fitness side of things so conditioning work what would be your your way of going about it um again sort of coming at the point where you give people a bit of what they need and a bit of what they want mm-hmm. and i think from my perspective I think tempo runs are big. I would be a big, big fan of them. Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons, I suppose. The main reason is I think you're getting a you're getting a far better quality of run and a higher sort of even meters per second if you want. Yeah. Achieved on a consistent basis to the extent that it's not going to have people maybe completely wrecked at the end of a session, but they could accumulate. So if they're doing that and it's maybe not as taxing on their nervous system and stuff, they can do that more. So they yeah. could do more sessions, accumulate more volume and sort of get get to the point where they can go out their aerobic system and really, but without completely wrecking themselves. But there is obviously, obviously always the complaint that because you're sort of running in around that sort of three quarter pace, boys are sort of, and then because of the longer rest periods, you know, you, you would maybe get people staring back at you like, are we going yet? Are we going yet? They're maybe yeah. so used to being wrecked at the end of a run-on session that they don't really, they would maybe struggle to, to deal with it. I think boys are coming around it though. I think 
like certainly within my own club, like a lot of boys are seeing the benefits of it and you know, yeah, enjoying it. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, obviously, like I would, I would be in the same thoughts as yourself. Like the the coach that I uh, mentored under up at Derry kind of introduced me to him, John McMahon, and um, mm. I seen there like with with the different Derry squads that they were really good and. Then doing them myself, like I was doing them this morning actually, and to see when you're running, you know, you're running at a good speed, but you feel your technique is good as well, rather than you're just absolutely fucked and slogging around. Like I was running then, I was like, I feel fucking good and I feel powerful, and I feel like this is, you know, the technique I want to be running with and at, at the speed, you know. So I think it's brilliant that it's it's somewhat similar to game speeds. The techniques is is very similar, and um, yeah. I think the biggest thing is it's it's so easy to do and so progressible you know each week yeah i i would i completely agree with you i think they give you an opportunity to sort of again as i mentioned like get boys maybe more exposure to running to the extent where like if you take something that's maybe been typically used like mass runs as well which boys would maybe go Mm -hmm. at where like you think by the by the second or third run, the quality of the run's gone, yeah. And it's just to get into that line in I don't know fifteen seconds, whatever whatever it is. Whereas if you have an emphasis, then if you shift that emphasis towards more quality running mm-hmm. and like sort of having boys actually think about how they're running and the way they want to run, I think I just think it, it, it's much better. Like, but at the same time, I think there goes back to that psychological aspect where boys maybe want to be leaving a session feeling like they've done something. Yeah. But, so, like, that's where I would maybe, I would maybe, like, incorporate a bit of both, to be honest. I would maybe have your tempo sessions paired up with your sprinting sessions just because the sprinting sessions are going to be that bit harder. Yeah. You know, on the body. And then if you have, say, maybe a low-key agility day and pair that up with, like, your ma- and pair that up with a mass session of some sort, I think that gives you a real nice balance. That'll yeah. get a bit of what you want. Uh, well, obviously, mostly what you want, and but then at the same time, giving players that sort of that sort of feeling that they've worked hard. And I think there there is definitely a place still for mass runs as well. Not, not to knock them completely. Like, like yeah, like I done um, lactate, like. I done the uh, I done a podcast with Paul Fisher, who's Donegal strength conditioning coach, and yeah. um, they do mass runs with Donegal. There and you know this was whenever they were not that they're not but like this was whenever they were they were uh, at that Ulster final stage you know so yeah. it works you know and it works for different teams I think the reasons that kind of were saying you know why tempos are good like I just think they see with a team like setting up and actually figuring out mass number one doing that and then setting mm-hmm. it up you know. It's not the hardest thing in the world, but you want training to be easy to set up. And especially if you're a coach that maybe you're the only man that's coming down there to coach the team, or maybe it's you and somebody else. You don't want to have them to be fucking working out mass runs and everything. It's easy to do tempos and say, here, we're doing 100 meters in 17 seconds, and you're you're going to go again whenever the next minute starts or something. You know, it's, it's an easier way of doing things, and it's easy to progress. Two yeah. things, though. Well, not two things. Two things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, two things that I would say that I have found with tempo runs is is number one. 
it, it gets to the stage with them of how far do you progress them because you know obviously you can only do so many in a session and yeah how do you get to the point where you go you know how many sets of 100 meters can i really do each night and each week before i'm doing i'm taking up too much time you know i'm interested to hear your thoughts like at what point do you go this is enough tempo running in the session you know have you a distance in mind or what way would you work it out well i've sort of seen i've seen like coaches sort of experimenting with them a wee bit in terms of like so once once maybe they get to that sweet spot where you're covering so three sets of eight 100 meters and then you're at that sort of you've a 20 second working window 40 second rest where like they'll actually maybe manipulate that a bit more so they could have it so say say for the initial part you're going out 10 meters or you're maybe shut maybe doing a crossover step to the first 10 meters and then transition into then your tempo run or like in between like say at, i don't know uh like maybe the halfway point of your rest they'll, they'll throw in right 10 press-ups or or even just just something different like a different stimulus then on top of that so you could either you, you suppose you could either like you could change it that way or you could maybe change the stimulus of the run so that it's like a more like a, a like a curved arc run if you like i think yeah. you could go at it that way in my opinion so like. rather than once you get to a certain point with distance then you know think about changing up the the run itself for you but one yeah. thing i experimented with last week was um after i did a run i would go and take a shot you know in between each yeah. run nice. and um it was good only that she was i only had fucking one football so like i had the nearly running behind the net so like i was i was you're doing a tempo back to get the ball in <laughs> I was, I was, it was a big session for like that but if you if you uh-huh. have footballs like you know i think we things like that but i you get to a certain point i guess with tempos where you go this is probably enough now it's time to maybe change how they look or maybe look for an alternative yeah yeah i think even even at that like as you're saying like like if you think like there's say say you do do three sets of eight there's there's near two and a half k at like a decent running like how much more do you want to do and then i think the way then you do change it up like as you said even there like building on what i said like you you go through in a skill like is it that once they get once they get to the to the end line you maybe give them 10 seconds and then it's even something simple like solo left hand or a solo one with the left foot, solo one with the right foot, and then I don't know, like a pass. Just maybe, maybe even just throw in a different skill each time. You know, just have a like yeah. people partnering up and stuff. I think it, it's an opportunity for coaches to get creative. In my in my opinion, like uh, I was working with a rugby team last year, and I was thinking of similar to what you're saying there. Like, so in between when they were doing tempos, we would have done them um, like it's like a jiu-jitsu thing where you go like up and under with the arms so it's kind of like a wrestling move you know in between so like impacts of the chest it's kind of hard to explain without someone else here but um doing that and then the other one was like our our uh kicker would like practice a shot the hookers would have done you know this in between it's not a bad idea it's just difficult and that's you know it does it does tire them out a lot more when they're not maybe built up to that there but um yeah like you're saying trying to maybe think of wee ways in between that you can incorporate things to keep players 
not standing by it going, this is fucking handy, you know, having them go, yeah. and, you know, you're going, right, we're back and runs like, fuck, right. You know, I, I think that would be the yeah. idea getting to that point, but it does, as you say, take a wee bit of creativity, doesn't it? I think, I think even, even touching on that as well, I think it's important even to be like the, the purpose of the exercise is to accumulate like a better quality of run. So mm-hmm. I think you have to be careful at the same time with your activity yeah. that you pick that it doesn't, that you're not taking away from the quality of the run. Cause yeah. I think with tempos, you're, you're looking for each, each run to look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of hard as well. Like boy saying you should be able to hold a conversation basically at the end of each rep. So I think, I think you would want to be careful too at the same time that you don't completely like you, you don't, you don't shift the, the emphasis of the, of the exercise. The, the focus of it is obviously the tempos and whatever's being done like in the background is sort of just a secondary, you know, as, as you're saying to, to, to keep, to keep boys away from being like, this is handy. That's a good point because, like, as you say that, that makes me think back to me doing the shooting last week. And, you know, it turned what is like an aerobic running drill into like a glycolytic one because my legs were starting to get yeah. on the end, you know. So it's that is a great point. I think it's trying to remember what the purpose of them is because you could get down a, a road of, you know, taking it maybe too far with things in between. So I think, as, yeah. as you said, there some sort of low level activity to keep you busy in between is probably the best option like yeah agreed and would you say in terms of distance like um you said sort of two and a half k would that be what you would be wanting to build up to you know by i think i think actually that's a decent yeah i don't think you would want to go much more than that i, I don't see the point to i be think honest, well, you know, like that's that's not even taking the account if we're doing a pet session here and you have maybe ball drills and stuff exactly yeah yeah exactly like if you think like they're going to get a stimulus through their small side of games they're going to get a stimulus through their sprinting how much do you want to give people do you know what i mean like if you're yeah. as well as that tempos take time like there, there's three sets of eight with uh three minutes rest in between sets so yeah. like you're talking nearly got a half an hour to do yeah. that so what you think about when you're doing this is going kind of off point but like when you're doing like post to split it up in a session. So let's say this is for the manager, you know, you, you start with a block of tempos, you maybe do, you know, game drill, ball game, then you do tempos, match, finish with tempos, you know, would you, would you break it like that? Or would you think it's best to do them all in the one block? Or would it's what, actually, what, yeah, That's a great point. I've sort of always had the view, well, not always, I've just sort of had it that you could maybe, that you're running is like a separate part of the session, but I think what you what you've described there would break it up nicely. Yeah. In that you know, it's not maybe as much of a not a burden. I don't want to say a burden, but like it's maybe not as like people going f- uh, get this done. Do you know what I mean? Like if you integrate it in with your session like that, I think that's actually quite nice. And then even even at that, I think it it maybe would help improve the quality of the runs if you say right. Uh, they've done their set of sprints and then they're in the set of tempos and then so they're already quite fresh yeah. and then their freshness is still there as opposed to just at the end of the session going right tempos mm-hmm. yeah you, but I think I, I, that's actually very I, I would be, be in agreement with that thing. yeah I think you could probably do it both ways I, can, I think there's probably pros and cons of both ways of doing it but um, I think that's the thing it, it always comes down to how can you keep people most engaged 
you know, yeah, definitely. need things like, and maybe for some teams that would be doing it at the end and just fucking get it done, or maybe it is breaking it up in between, like. Yeah, no, agreed. I think, um, I don't know if you've read Fergus Conley's book, somewhere, um, Sports Science, um, something along those lines, but he breaks down um, game drills and like the duration and the intensity and the type of activity in it, you know, for mm-hmm. like aerobic work, anaerobic, you know, that, that sort of side of things. And I think it's, it's a really good resource for coaches and it, it's similar to James Smith's book, you know, um, Global Concepts of Coaching or whatever it's called. Same idea, yeah. like they, they go from a standpoint of work in like aerobic system and anaerobic system based on time and intensity and the amount of sets. So it's like a slightly different way of going around it. Yeah, that's interesting. Most of them, Joel Jameson stuff, the book for MMA, like doing cardiac power intervals of two minutes, you know, max intensity of trying to raise your heart rate. There is different ways of going about things. And I think it's like I've been looking into that recently because, like, I've always been looking at tempos and going, you know, is there other ways of switching it up and are they better or are they worse? It's, I think, with strength condition, you go in loops all the time, like, you know, about what's to do things. Definitely, like even even there that you had mentioned about tempos, I suppose it's not until obviously if you can, like as a coach, I think you try something out yourself and see what you yeah. think before you implement it with somebody else. At the start with tempos, I was very skeptical, to be honest. I just didn't see how. I just didn't. I struggled to just. I think, and it's and that's. I think that's probably where a lot of Gaelic players would be as well. Like they would struggle to see how they could be doing something that's effective when they're resting for longer than they're working. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but that 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 is essentially what it is. So it's not until you go and try something out, I don't think, that you that you can with confidence say, I like that. Yeah. I, I just I just don't see how it works. Or or on 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 the contrary as well. Like I don't think you can turn around and say that's shite until you've tried it yourself. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I think it does come back to that thing of understanding, and I think this is a good way of trying to get players to buy into it too. You know, before you do them, you're trying to say, look, we have different energy systems. We're trying to work your robot system. And if it starts becoming too heavy and like burning the legs, we're not working that system anymore. You know, we're not yeah. really working that system and that's a system we need for recovery, for for having that base of fitness. So although this is going to feel somewhat easy, we have to do it at this at this speed or else we're not going to build that base. But we have the idea and it's like, we all have the idea that it's only, you can only gain fitness when you're at that fucking top level. Like if you're not up there, you're not getting it. Um, but it's hard to understand that, I think. I think I think it comes and that again comes down to like education. Like I suppose players at this stage now, like a lot of players take their training that are yeah. real, real serious. Like like you could argue that some like even some players like player players are, are smart, like in terms of like they're clued in. They yeah, they wanna know what they wanna know about what they're doing. I think Gaelic players especially they're they're very driven in terms of they'll they'll want to know the exact reason why they're doing stuff. Like, they're not just going to... Yeah. 
just follow yeah. the chef and yeah. they do it. Like, do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to want to know why because I think they're at the stage now. I think the games came a long way and that obviously there's there's good coaches out there and they're involved in the sport and because they've been exposed to a range of methods. So, like, you've got players who've been exposed to mass runs, so they want to know why. Right, well, why are we not doing mass runs when mass runs may have worked for me before? Yeah. So, why are we not doing these tempo runs? So, I think as a coach, it's something even that you have to be prepared. If you're going to prescribe something, you better be able to back it up. Basically, like you, I don't. I think as a coach, it's actually good in terms of from your own perspective. It pushes you to know why you're doing something. So you can't just you can't just see see someone's session and go, "Oh, I'm going to do that because he did it." So Definitely. it's good from a learning point of view too. I think. I hundred percent. Like I think you always have to. And even in the gym too, you know, when you're taking ones, it's it's asking yourself like, why are we doing this? Because there's there would be nothing worse than somebody going, why am I doing this? And you stand there going, um, uh, because like <laughs> that is fear, like you know that is the absolute fear. Um, yeah. But I know last year the that rugby team I worked with, you know, like you can imagine what it's like telling a group of rugby players were going to do 100 meter runs here at like a 70 percent pace it's not something they'd be all that used to like in running relatively longer distances isn't something but they see trying to kind of say look we're doing this for a reason and this is why it helps so much with buying like we have a, like the club is great too and the players are great that help but it helps so much with getting people to go right well i need to do this for this reason rather than just going you're doing this just because i fucking said so yeah that's the thing as well. Like it's maybe it's maybe a shift in coaching too, where you know players aren't afraid to maybe to maybe ask why as well. Like now that you mentioned that, whereas before maybe coaches like you don't like yeah. question the coach or like coach knows what he's doing. Everybody everybody follow coach. Like I think it's a players aren't afraid to express and, and ask why they're doing stuff. Like from my own perspective, like I'm sure you've been through it as well. Like when you're, as you said, when you are maybe prescribing stuff in the gym or on the pitch, players are going to ask you. Like they're not just gonna, they're not just gonna follow along with. Like, like especially like if you've got players say that have been through like an injury or something. I find other players that are maybe to, to an extent, obviously this this could vary, but some of them players would have more of like an exposure. That like some some like different ranges of training. Like say for example, you have like 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 some some like single leg exercises or something. Yeah. And like and they they would then be like saying to you like one I get all the time. For example, would be like I I'm, I'd be a big fan of a split squat, but both feet would be on the ground. Yeah. In that sense, and then you always get players that are saying to you, oh why what about having that back leg raised up, like. Like, do, you, do you know what I mean? And then it's it's then having the the ability to explain to them. Well, if we raise that back leg up, that's going to put that additional you know balance demand on. Yeah. And then you're sort of taking away. We're trying to improve single leg strength. So yeah. if both legs are on the ground, like just do you know do you know what I'm saying? Like you sort of get that opportunity to Aye. explain things and you know to get players. You have to appreciate their points too, though. Like. I like people don't ask things for the, you know, for this. They're not just asking things just to be a dick. Like there's usually a reason. Oh, that, I, like, yeah. you know, and that reason is either 
you know, from like a genuine, could just be genuine interest or it could be because, well, here, I don't think this is the best way to do it. Like, and then mm. I think as a coach too, if you don't, if you don't, you know, uh, appreciate the other answer that just festers and that becomes very bad. Like our coach, at home yeah. is good, very good flat. And like, he would be very open to looking up different coaching uh, methods and like, you know, saying like, what, what do you think of that session? And not like, I think that's an important thing. You can't be afraid to get feedback because mm. if you're doing that, you'll end up going down the route of going every session. I have to fucking bust them in order for them to go fuck yeah. a good session there. Yeah, definitely. I think even just to, even to follow up again on that, I think as coaches now, Instagram uh, and that can be the worst enemy because yeah. players maybe will see, like, I think, in, in fairness, I do think GAA is moving away from the sort of bodybuilding culture where everyone was in the gym and they were bench pressing and they were doing pull-ups and that was it. Like, yeah. But I think, like, like, there is still that thing, well, oh, such and such is doing this and, like, it's maybe a way more complicated exercise. It actually could be an exercise that's complicated to the point where there's no real purpose to the exercise, but they're going, but we're only doing this, this baby version of the split squat. Like why, why are we not doing it with, I don't know, dumbbells behind our head or something like yeah. mad. <laughs> like, yeah. like I think players need to sometimes know what level they're at too. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it does come down to as well. I think Instagram and social media and, you know, YouTube, whenever you're looking up things, you always see the best of the best and you mm. see the flashy side of things and you never really see that like that flashy stuff is maybe like a small percentage and that comes off the background of doing lots and lots of boring basic things. And I think in, in, in the program, whether it be in the gym or in the pitch, it's understanding that those flashy things and those, you know, those things are, are, are great and they're they're enjoyable, but at the same time, it's the basics that that really it all comes down to whether it be in the gym or whether it be in the pitch you know that's you're doing your doing your strength work for lower body upper body and different planes of motion it's doing your tempos out in the pitch doing your speed work like you might want to go and bring the fucking sled out in the pitch and you might want to do dumb um i don't know some fucking jumps with a, a push band attached to you it tells you you know yeah fucking cool like we all like that there but it's important to understand, I suppose, that the, the, the basics have to be done first. Like, And as a coach, you have to be able to say, here's why we're doing the basics and here's why we're not doing that flashy shit first. Like, Yeah, I think it, it, a couple of things even when I add to that. Like, the first thing would be like it's getting players to know that they have to earn their right to do the flashy shit, the fancy stuff. And even, even that, that sort of Instagram sort of culture that you talk about even, it was actually last week, uh, the, the woman does the CrossFit, uh, Tay Claire to me. She so last week she, I think she clean and jerked 120 kilos or something. But then, like a couple of days later, so obviously that's amazing. Like a couple of days later, she put up a video of herself five years ago, learning how to clean and jerk and learning how to snatch. So like you don't just you don't you're not just born with this ability to be able to clean and jerk 120 kilos. Like it's it's about the process, sort of like just consistent training to get to that level. And I know, obviously, that's maybe 120 kilo clean jerk isn't probably that applicable to Gaelic, but you get the idea. Like, I agree. Same, like, the fancy jumps with the push band and all that, like, earn the right, basically. I think, though, you know, uh, 
Gaelic players and just the whole Gaelic camogie hurling. I think it's brilliant the way that within the past couple of years, people have put such an emphasis on their training and are so interested in it. Like, and you see it in like, you know, both of our work now is essentially revolving around to a large extent the Gaelic culture because people are so interested. And I think it's, it is brilliant as well. Like, and I suppose that's the whole point of doing this is that like, we're trying to give a wee bit more clarity to players. Like, um, yeah, I think there's, there's so much brilliant work being done, but there's just a lot of shite out there too. You know, I think it's just good to try and cut through it and keep it simple for players. Like, hundred percent. And even now, I think that's what sort of the reason, like we, we came together, like to sort of get, players to accept that the basics work and the basics are okay like if yeah. you're doing basics it's not because you're shite like the basics are gonna work and they're gonna help you get to that next level yeah and then i think it's you know the coach's job to maybe spice things up a wee bit every now and then with whether it be adding something into the training to keep it you know more like make those basics a wee bit more enjoyable or change it up like i think that's an important thing too Definitely. I think giving people primarily what they need and then of a secondary concern, a wee bit of what they want as well. Definitely massive advocate of that. Yeah. So let's kind of sum up then. So we had our our warm-up was going over that ramp routine. So the sprint mechanics, um, some sort of strength in the work, maybe some sort of mobility, and then we're into the kind of jumps, plyometrics, leading into mm-hmm. our sprint work then um our sprints were working for the first couple of weeks anyway anywhere from 10 to 20 meters maybe a max yeah. of 100 meters in a week um mm-hmm. possibly adding in maybe some like change of direction some agility work so that would probably apply for for uh individual players going down to the pitch themselves and then teams as well pretty much the same same kind of thing yeah. anywhere from probably 20 to 30 minutes would you say you could wrap that section up in yeah, I think I think even from the change of direction perspective as well, like I think having players that change of direction and agility aren't the same thing. Now I don't want I don't wanna get get too far down the down the rabbit hole here, but like even if a player's improving their ability to change direction, like if it's a straight line, like if you start with cones in a straight line and then they're obviously they're going in and out of the cones and then you make the cones a wee bit wider, like just simple things like yes. you don't have to comp and just make yeah. them cones a wee bit wider so their cuts a wee bit sharper. Yeah. Stuff like that, I think, works really well. I know, I agree. Um, now, obviously, the agility, like, there's that reactive element to it as well, but I yeah. don't think, let's not get bogged down in that now. <laughs> I, think, um, I think trying to touch on all them wee bits that you're chatting about, though, is important, like, and keep it, um, keep it interesting, I suppose. Um, and then getting into the main body of the session, so... I suppose for the team, we were sort of saying two options there. So you could go with, we're sort of saying tempo runs is a good option. Um, yeah. You could split it up where you go a block of tempo runs, maybe 800 meters worth. And to me, people that aren't too sure in tempo is basically what we're saying is you're doing a run at about 70, 75% of your yeah. max speed. And then you're going to rest basically double the time it takes you to do that. So if it takes you 20 seconds, you're resting 40 seconds, something along those lines. Um, So we could say block of them, and then you're doing maybe a block of ball work, block of running, block of ball work, and then you're running to finish for like the team possibly, or else 
Mm -hmm. do do all the running would you say do the run at, at the end if you were doing them all at once or would you say do them at the at the beginning i think i, I you you've compared to me to be honest i think breaking it up yeah i i think that works really well yeah i think it takes away that sort of dread that some players might have where yeah. they know they're in 30 minutes a straight run yeah like because if you break it up it's maybe not as it's not as bad I, I don't think and actually I like I like the way that's that's structured. It makes sense to do it like that. Yeah. And then um that would be I suppose the the main that would be the team session. Then I suppose if you're doing it individually, you would probably just do those I suppose you could do it a similar way too. If you have a bag of footballs, you could do your block of runs, do a wee bit of skill work for a couple of minutes for your three minutes recovery. Do your block of runs, do a bit of skill work, but I shouldn't come back. You know, you could probably do your individual session somewhat similar, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Like I think even like as you say, like just find a find a different skill to separate each time. Yeah. Like say say the first time you're you're emphasizing, you know, mastering the scoring zone sort of shooting. Um like maybe take, I don't know, if you're lucky enough to have a bag of footballs. Like even if it's six, seven, eight footballs, like, and just practice getting them, kicking them over the bar, and like yeah. that sort of in that scoring zone. Um, maybe the second one could be, you know, you're just emphasizing, like, I, I don't know, it could be you just kicking with both feet. Even yeah. I think people could even underestimate, like, just even soloing the ball, like, yeah, simple, real simple things, like, but maybe just get overlooked because. It's not that fancy, but it's yeah, still good work. <laughs> it's the basics like we're chatting about. Yeah, 100%. Um, is there anything else you would add to either of those sessions or anything else you would maybe think is a consideration? You know, I think that's reasonable enough. That's a certain point, isn't it? Like, Definitely. And then I suppose, do you want to chat a bit about strength work? or? Um, I suppose we could. Um, I'm kind of a bit cautious when it keeps you late either. Um, I feel like yeah, we right. covered. I, I suppose strength work. If we keep it simple. Yeah. What What would you say? Like you're talking strength work. Like what would be your recommendations for players coming to doing strength work now? So I think I think for me, I I keep strength work real real simple, and I'm sure you probably follow a simple yeah. protocol yourself, especially if we're looking at groups of people like. I think it's hard to it's hard to look past the basics. You know, you have a back squat, you've uh, an RDL, you have a split squat, you have an upper body push, you have an upper body pull. You maybe finish off with some core work, and then the only real change, like I could see the argument, right? So if we've if we've trained the hamstring from the hip one day, then the next day maybe like throw in like a foam roller curl or something instead. But like other than that, like it is hard to sort of argue against the basics. Like you could maybe say, like your split squat, you could maybe separate that with like a lateral squat that's maybe getting people out yeah. sort of like into that sort of frontal plane as well, which is good. Um so yeah, I don't, I don't really see strength work really that idea. Strength work's pretty simple, like isn't it? I think the only thing which I like adding in, which you could probably add into the pitch session, is doing like that we were busting the circuit. So one of the ones that I've like, yeah. been kind of doing recently is um, a foam roller bridge. I stole from David Gray Rehab. Um, a foam roller bridge where you're you're pushing through the four, like the 
the midfoot um, and you're driving your heel up as you do it, you get, you get a good bit of calf contraction and hamstring, but it's just nice symmetric. Um, I would use that, you know, 10 to 20 oh. seconds. I would, I would recommend you try it. Like it's, it's fucking very demanding in the hamstrings. And then, yeah. um, add so in is that the glute bridge on the phone or is it? Glute bridge essentially, but like you're in a lengthened position. So like, imagine like your leg would be, you know, pretty much. Oh, with your heel, your heel would be on the roller, would it? So like, say the roller is my hand here, my midfoot yeah. on it. So I'm not pushing to the heel. The heel would be easy enough, but I'm pushing through the midfoot. And as I'm yeah. doing, trying to push my heel up and get my hips up high, but it's single leg too. So you see the, yeah. see the traction, the hamstring is... You tight you, hamstrings are. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm telling you, you would, you would, I struggle to hold it for more than 20 seconds. Like really tough. Um, yeah. And then maybe like a Nordic and then a Copenhagen. That's I've been keeping it simple the past few. I like doing isometric, doing eccentric, and then do a bit of work for the, the groins. That's probably the only other thing I would maybe possibly add into to the wee bit of strength work, like use that as nearly a wee prep routine before you start. Definitely. I think, again, it sort of is that thing that people maybe want to see things that are really complicated, but they don't need to be. Yeah. Like strength, as you say, strength is simple. Right? Yeah. I so think it's not that complicated. I think as well too, you know, one of the questions I always would get is like, you know, what reps should I be doing and what sets? Like, yeah. I think you get to a certain point where you go, reps and sets it doesn't like it's hard for us to sit here and go here don't do six or eight reps because that's going to do this and don't do one or three because that's going to do that like if you do fucking 10 reps or something you do five reps you're going to be getting stronger off both of them like you know it's it's all pretty much the same so i think for players out there listening where you're wondering should i do fucking four sets of 10 or should i do four sets of five it probably doesn't matter that much really like hundred percent like i think it's very important to be aware you're not training weightlifters like you're training yeah. footballers like i think the that, might be, that might be a bit contradictory for a man that does cleans and snatches every time he goes to the gym like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. for me like yeah. that's just my way i like that's again that's a bit that's what i like i like yeah. a bit of that yeah. mixed in with my robustness stuff i think so the- it makes sense do you know what's important important on that and it's kind of what you're saying is whatever approach that you go for you be consistent so if you're doing yeah exactly if you're doing back squats and you're doing sets of 10 you base your plan off going right i'm going to stick it doing 10 reps and add weight or i'm going to you know go eight reps next week i'm going to go six reps four reps you know have a progressive plan i would say try not to like jump from going right to today i'm going to do olympic weightlifting next week i'm going to go back to doing my normal program then i might do a bit of crap but like whatever approach you go for you know it's brilliant that you're going for an approach but whatever approach you go for you be consistent with that approach for you know a couple of weeks at least anyway 100 percent agree one thing i'm thinking of trying out is um i'm not sure if you're familiar with alex natira um he's coach with the gws giants but he released a paper there on high volume power training um i started reading about it's quite interesting like so i think i might try something like that out maybe two or three weeks out from um when our kind of season starts as something different to do but for the past couple of weeks and for the next couple of weeks my focus is on general strength training like nothing fancy or crazy just basic general strength training and then do a wee bit of that kind of power training you know a couple of weeks out like yeah 
definitely. I suppose I don't know. If, I normally do experiment with things as well myself, and I've funny you mentioned Alex and Terry. Like I like to look at a lot of that isometric stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put up. I think like that's something that I might you know yeah. dabble in too. Like, but like. I think, as you say, though, it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you're consistent within reason, like, of course, but yeah, as long as you're doing something and you're doing it on a repeated basis, that's, that's all you need. <laughs> and do you know what the thing is as well? Like, you know, I, I we both put up stuff on online, Instagram, like, whenever people are like, what session should I do for that? I'm like, there's about a fucking hundred workouts up on on you know my page. Uh, there's a load of workouts up on your page, other people's pages. Like there is loads of workouts information out there. So if you're so confused that you don't know what to do, there's people that have put information out there that you can probably trust. Like Yeah. And that's the thing as well. I think it's about players sort of knowing that they can reach out as yeah. well. And um, you know, you, you obviously you would be you would do that Sunday like Q and A and like obviously people know they can maybe reach out to yourself but even if it's on a more personal level like, like I'm certainly not gonna not gonna say to someone to, or tell someone to go away who comes and asks me like a simple question then you you wouldn't do the same do you know what I mean so I think it's about coaches being approachable too like and if someone does ask you like for help that. That you you come across as someone who yeah. can give that out, you know what I mean? Like yeah, like I, I'm the same. Like I will I will answer every question that I get sent to me on Instagram. The only times you would answer it is if it's someone being a dick or if it's <laughs> just so stupid that it doesn't warrant a response. But I would say ninety five percent of the time I respond to questions because, and I'm sure the same. You know, whenever you were at that point where you don't know what you're doing, and you know. Yeah. Although it seems sometimes some of these things seem so simple and straightforward to us, like maybe to some players, you know, it, it's not that easy. So I think probably players understand that a lot of coaches are, are willing to, to give advice. And if they're not, you know, if they fucking ask for £10 for, per question, they're probably a dick. Like. Yeah. No, listen, see, that's the thing as well. And to be honest, I, I fell into that, that sort of bracket sometimes myself where you maybe build up this thing where you forget that you had that you were once in the same boat with yeah. somebody who didn't know that, yeah. like I'm not saying I know everything far from it like but like you forget that you didn't know and at times that was you yeah that you were in them same shoes you know like from my perspective that my sort of interest in fitness sort of spiraled because I didn't know and yeah. that's why that's where I got the interest like I think it's, it really is, as you say, it's about being approachable and like yeah. for people that like realize that like you're, it's your job to help people. Like yeah. I think that's maybe something I've been guilty of like in the past, like maybe not like putting stuff or like putting like content out for people that they can see and they can maybe, you know, yeah, like take forward. I think the more you sort of, the more you will sort of give to people in terms of like, if you're giving them sample sessions or like stuff like that, obviously within reason, like the more they're going to appreciate that. And I think that's where you sort of, that's yeah. where you're like, it's, it's sort of your, like if you're an SNC coach, like your job's to help people improve. Like, 
Yeah. So if someone reaches out to you, I think it's a bit lousy if you wouldn't like <laughs> at least guide them in the right direction there. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. I agree with that. On that note, where would like where could people reach out to you or find out more about your stuff? Like where would what where are you at on online? Yeah, so if anyone any issues or anything, you'd reach out to me on Instagram. Um I think it's just Cormac L D. But if you just search my, my name, Cormac Hannum, um, any issues or anything. You're then all, obviously you're doing coaching in, in the kind of Belfast area then as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'd be based in Belfast, so I've got my own sort of uh, private setup there, which is good. I'm, I'm actually, it can be a bit obsessive when you get something like that going because you, <laughs> about it. you never know, I'm thinking about how to improve it. Um, so it's good. It's 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 actually been a class couple of months, you know, getting it all set up. And yeah. It's it's really enjoyable. Like I'm really really enjoying it, and then obviously now I'm sort of starting to build up bit of a base there and it, it's nice to be able to to, to help yeah. people out too and you know obviously on top of the coaching that i'm doing as well but i think on a personal level it's always that bit better you know when you are like training someone like outside of that team setting you know when they come to you they're sort of they're, that they're putting their trust in you essentially so it's nice it's nice to be able to help people and reach out i i think one of the things that it took me probably a long time to realize as well that whenever you're coaching people they aren't necessarily you know sometimes they're not there for you because that it is you're doing a you're doing an important thing for people and that like you don't know what people are maybe going through in that day or how they're feeling and like them coming down for that session could be the thing that just makes them leave happier and it's a really powerful thing i think that like somebody could come down to you and train and they could be feeling shitty when they come down, they could leave feeling great, or that could be their escape for an hour. Like, I think once you start to realize that, you know, it's, it makes you value what you're doing a lot more. And I suppose um, I would definitely say that, like, it took me a long time to realize it. So the fact that you're kind of seeing that now with kind of just starting your own place up recently is is a good thing, like. Yeah, definitely. Like, I suppose, like, exercise even, like, it's it's so it's so important. Like like I think that's why this all sort of spiraled. Like like see if I hadn't had that setup to go and train. Yeah. Like through lockdown. Like fucking hell. You go mad. You go mad. Yeah, like I had to get something like like just I wouldn't I would probably I would I would have struggled to cope without it. Like so it's good that way, like that's how it started off. Obviously, it was on a personal level, you know, and then yeah. it's nice then when you get that sort of, obviously, like, people... That, people that's, how, that's, that's how, like, these things start too, though, like, isn't it? You know, if, if a situa- situation like this might not have happened, you might not have said, you know, that you would do that or you would go with it. You'd maybe stay doing what you're doing, but, like, that might be the best thing that has ever happened for you because you never know what each wee space can come on to you know so like definitely it's it's amazing too how you know each week each week part of the story and each week part of the journey at the time you don't think much about it but like in a couple of years you could be looking back and going like fuck i'm so glad that whole situation happened or else you know i wouldn't have had the setup on them in now like yeah definitely i think you only have to look as far as yourself there as well like you started out training yeah. in a shed in your back garden like, and then that's the only thing I think it was time at the start, like, you know, you, you enjoy it, you the crack, but 
you don't know where it can go either. So it's um, it's brilliant whenever you can um, I suppose have a bit of crack at the start and not be under pressure, and then you never know kind of where it can build to. But it always makes for a good story too. Whenever you look back, like hundred percent, definitely yeah. I agree. Uh, we should definitely try and organise a a session, do some Olympic weightlifting at some point. I would love that. <laughs> Have a look. Let's organise that for the not too distant future. Yeah, good. Uh, I haven't done any, haven't done any snatching in a while. I've done a bit of uh, split jerking and stuff the past while. So um, uh-huh. we can uh, we can maybe get a session organised at some point. That'd be good. I I'd be a big fan of that. Let's do that. Sounds good. Um, Cormac, I think we'll leave it there. I think we covered that pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. Cheers for having me, Oshin. Aye, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you giving up your, your evening. Um, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Thanks. I'll uh, speak to you soon, sure. Yes, good man, Oshin. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.